Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby Podcast today. We are back inside the Scotland Team Hotel. Delighted to be joined by Chloe Rowley and Lana Skeldon. Great to see you both. Uh, very grateful to see you both because it is technically a day off for you, is it not, at the moment? You go. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> We're um, kind of been in um, at home training on our own for the last week or so. So we're back in tonight um, and ready for our a big camp tomorrow morning. And now, like a big camp is a, a big camp. So before we go any further, I've been hearing on the grapevine <laughs> and the smiles are saying it all. Uh, there is a I'm kind of a traffic light system, I guess. What can we describe it? Is that in place for your training schedule? Talk us through what your day sheet looks like and how it's playing out in reality. It's like Instagram versus reality on Bernie's, <laughs> Brian yeah. Eason's day sheets. Yeah, well, some of the time you get led into a false sense of security, to be honest. Um, but yeah, <laughs> usually we we are like, like you say, kind of colour coded um, for our training days and like green sort of like, you would say low intensity and low contact. But I mean, sometimes that turns into red before you know where you're at. Um, but yeah, like, Amber, orange is kind of like somewhere in the middle and then red's like sort of like the heavy days where you're doing lots of contact and stuff. But I mean, I'd take that traffic light system with a pinch of salt, if I'm honest, because <laughs> it does change yeah. quite often as you're going through the day. So we just have to go with the flow Especially when you see the title of what's going to happen in, in the session and it's like, for example, gain line game, we know that's full contact. Like we're going to be smashing each other and it's in green and you're like... Is there a change here? Like, what's we've we not been told what's going on here or what? Either yeah. somebody's colour blind here, or, or we're being led into a false. You've got everyone run out the changing room. Brian, Brian, what's going on? Like, what's, what's the situation here? And obviously, Brian's waiting for all the questions on contact and levels and stuff like that. So <laughs> every day's a red day. Bottom line, that's preparing for yeah, that. Just prepare for the red. That's what I'd say. Just go in with a red mindset. That's what I'd say. Well, especially if Tyrone's involved oh, as well, the defence coach. Yeah. He's. He's all about full contact, full boomer, like, let's yes. go for it. Like. What's he brought in, actually? Let's do a wee segue into that in terms of Tyrone. Talk about, you know, we, we do talk a lot about the t- coaching staff as well, but what, talk to us around Tyrone. What does he bring in? Tyrone's really, uh, one word I'd use for him is passionate. Oh, I you were exactly. Wow. Yes. Like, you both said that at the same yeah, time. Yeah, he, he is, honestly, from the bottom of his heart, he just wants to do well and make us better and, you know, really bring on our, on our defensive game. And that's just what he sleeps eats breathes every moment is just defense and he's an amazing coach he's he's so good on and off the pitch like anything you've got you can go to him and talk about it and like he's always up for questions and I just think he's an amazing coach and he's it, it shows he's been around for a while now and he's, yeah he's, he's, he's stuck with us as well which is like says a lot about him as, as a character as well like um and I think for me like like Chloe said on and off the pitch like he's a great person as, as well as a coach so for me that's really important and and our squad like we when we respect a coach you get the best out of us and I think the squads I will definitely respect them don't get me wrong he is super passionate and like you need to almost like know how to deal with that but um yeah, yeah contain he, the passion to somebody yeah, yeah um but he he's always keen to learn about himself as well as a coach and I think like I said that that kind of goes well with us as well as, as a team so yeah he's passionate is definitely the word 100% that I'd use to describe him how important is that then for you as players to have you mentioned communication there you can talk to him and likewise with all your coaches that having that relationship how important is that ultimately this is now thankfully because of the era that we're now in and that we've moved into recently it is a professional this is your job but how important is it too to have good relationships with your coaching staff I think it's massive and I think over the years we've definitely noticed that like maybe in the past like 
players haven't got to speak out about what we want and what we need and maybe what needs to be tweaked. But now, like, that's not a problem. Like, we can go to the coaches or to the management team with anything that we think should maybe change slightly or they're constantly asking us questions like feedback like what what could we change here what could we do here instead or what's working well um and i think it's just a massive part of pushing the team forward like if you don't have that connection you don't have that communication like nothing will change so how do they know that something's wrong if we are not able to say that and when we are able to say it like you know we can act on it and change it and make it for the better and it's 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 shown a lot over the last couple of seasons it's so interesting that you use that word connection if you speak to Scotland men's team and speak to Scotland women's team, I'd say at the moment that is the word that is really powerful, that it really matters to, to both camps there, is the mm -hmm. word connection. And it, is that something that you are feeling organically happening, taking place? Is it something that's being drummed in? How do you f feel about that word? Um, for me, I think it's more natural, organic now. It's more of a... You don't have to think about it, it just happens. Um, and it'll be maybe little things that the management team have put in over the seasons that have just became our normal. Mm. And we've just used those like strategies or like feedback forms and stuff like that that have helped us just do that a lot easier than in the past. It was always maybe, you know, a taboo. It was like, oh, well, we don't really want to say what's going on here or what's wrong or what's right. But now that they've kind of allowed us to freely do that, it's happening a lot easier now and we're having a lot more difficult conversations like you know after sessions during sessions after games maybe we've had a bad performance we've been able to come in and just you know sort it out and and, and fix it and kind of move on from there and it's definitely I think it, it is massive and it's definitely more of a in our DNA now I would almost say yeah, it's, it's, it's just like us. our identity isn't yeah. it like mm -hmm. and yeah I think we're like a happy camp and I think that comes from that connection across mm -hmm. the board is like you, like you're saying we're not sitting on things that we want to say that we're like oh we can't say that we just say it draw a line and move on but it allows us to be like really happy and ultimately like put out good performances I think like, we've seen that during the Six Nations that we're a happy camp and that's how we want to stay so we can start getting the results that we deserve. And then moving from the TikTok Women's Six Nations into the next campaign which is WXV in between that you've got this all-important game against Spain to look forward to how important is that game in terms of bridging that gap between the two competitions I think it's really important like as a chance for us to put in to play the things we've been doing in pre-season and I think to gauge where we're at as a squad as well like got some new faces coming in like a blend of experience and and young people so like for me it's a, a really exciting opportunity to show our supporters where we're at as a team and that we're absolutely ready for WXV and ready to go out there and do a really good job. So like for me, it's really important that we get this opportunity to play this game before we go. And it's almost like you say bridging that gap, see where we're at and be in a really good place going out. What does that do to the environment then? Because I say this with the greatest respect to you both, but you are seasoned <laughs> Scotland players. <laughs> I say that in the nice. We all know what we're getting at here. Um, you know, you, what, what are we sitting at? You've got 57 caps for mm -hmm. yourself. Chloe, we've got we're on sixty two for you, Lana. So you're we're, we're far down the line in terms of that experience. So having this younger players, as you put, <laughs> that that was from you. But having, having younger players coming through, that surely adds a different dynamic to the camp environment. In what way? I think for me personally, it just pushes me along a bit more. Like there's maybe times where it's um, you know a bit stale. You've got same faces, same experiences, same way of playing. But when the younger people come in and, and really show what they've got, it pushes you on as well and takes you to that next level and makes you think, right, well, I need to keep pushing on my performance here. There's people waiting, you know, to jump in that jersey. It's not it's not just there, you know, it's there to be taken for anyone kind of thing. So it's like a, 
it's, it's definitely a, a driver to, to keep performing well. And that's not even just in camp, that's out of camp as well. That's at club, that's if you're training on your own, that's if you're injured. It's it's the push to want to be better and to keep going and, and have you know the youth and the less experienced behind you just on your tail, like hot tail kind of just, I'm just on. laughing because you keep saying youth and I'm like, I know I'm getting old, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, definitely, I, I totally agree with what you just said. I think... For me, like, um, just an example, like Alice Martin, she's she's doing really well and like kind of took her under my wing a bit to try and share the experience I've got, but also like she pushes me hard as well. And it's similar to you is that it's exciting, like it, it's driving the squad forward and it's getting us better as as a collective, but also as individuals. And that's what you want. You don't want to be like you're saying sitting still. Like we want to be pushed, so it's, it's really exciting. What's really interesting about what you're saying is that we've got two here with your you know two very experienced members of the squad mm. and actually when you speak to the younger the youth <laughs> they are younger so <laughs> you can say it, it's fine <laughs> but when you're speaking to the the newer faces in the scotland, <laughs> that's team, better, scotland that's better, yeah. there you go we're happy um, when you are speaking to them though it's really interesting like when we had a chat with fran mcgee and talking a while back about how in awe they are of being able to learn and take that experience so isn't it interesting that it works in both ways and yeah, that must surely make it's really interesting because like me personally, like, they must hold it together really well if that's if they see it and all, because yeah. we don't see that part of them. We see them come in maybe a little bit quiet at the start, but then, like, everyone's just fitted in so well. Like, they've, they've done amazingly. Like, they, they just come along and they train really hard, and it's very rare now that you they stand out like a sore thumb because they're just straight in stuck into it and, and on on the go and yeah it's 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 amazing to hear that like it's quite interesting so ultimately it boils down to without being too twee about it but ultimately boils do we all have passion for the jersey yes are we all appreciating mm -hmm. the privilege of being able to play and having earned that right to play for scotland as you have what a great position to be in and you can certainly feel that in the camp i, I guess in terms of looking to that Spain game then and with your experienced hats on <laughs> scrum caps <laughs> with your experienced scrum caps on what's what's this game going to do you've mentioned it as being a marker of where you're at um but do you see this as a a, tri a trial effectively ahead of going into w WXV is it a, are we going to solidify plays that you've been working on that are, are we basically solidifying what you're doing as a unit and have been doing for, since the TikTok Women's Six Nations or are we going to be seeing an experimental side do you how do you envisage the Spain game going I think in attack maybe an attack driven I know, player I, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think attack is definitely more of a you know, we've got a new um, attack coach in, Matt, who's doing a great job and he's brought in new things that we can try. And I definitely think for me anyway, as a backline, we're probably going to be looking more to like trial things out, see what works, see what doesn't work. It'll be more of a try it. If it needs tweaked, we'll tweak it for WXV. Um, I That's think exciting, surely, is, isn't it, for you? Yeah, it I is. can see the excitement mm -hmm. from you. Mm -hmm. though. Yeah, like, like in the past, we've maybe been a little bit stuck with the same attack, just not knowing what to do differently. Like Chris came in, done an amazing job again. Matt's came in again, took us to the next level, I would say. And yeah, like I think it's just about figuring out what works for us. Like we're on that forward trajectory and I think just the ability to take what Matt's given us and put that forward and, and see how that works for us as a team is, is really, really exciting. Scotland are back this autumn. Join us on Saturday 30th September and support Scotland women as they take on Spain at Hive Stadium in Edinburgh.
Tickets are on sale now at scottishrugby.org. Taking a wee sidestep from Spain and from WXV, coming up for a minute and talking a bit about you both individually. Chloe, you've had 57 test matches for Scotland and of those 57, you have had 57 starts Mm -hmm. for Scotland. That is a staggering, staggering statistic. What are your thoughts on that when I say that? She's not too bad. She's not too bad. She's doing all right. It's all right. I've just yeah, plodded along, got there. Um, No, but when I really think about it, it's almost like a. It sounds weird, but like a pride for myself. Like it's when I was younger, you know, wanted to play for Scotland, but never. When you look back, you never think fifty-seven caps, fifty-seven starts. It's it's for me, it's a massive honour. Like it's every time I pull that shirt on, it is a a privilege. Like you know, I don't take any of them for granted. I I make the most of every single one, and and I will continue to do that for as long as as I can. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's massive for me, and I hope I hope on the outside very inspirational for you know the younger ones coming through, like wanting them to do the kind of the same thing and have the same opportunities and and really look up and and see that they you can do that. It's not like a one off, like you come in for a couple of seasons and you're away again. It's it's like you, if you want to really put your mindset and your heart into it, you can really make it like a, a like a, a lifetime ambition almost. If that makes sense, like yeah, it's massive for me. When you see the little girls and little boys that are coming through as well and the way that they respond to what Scotland women are doing and finishing off the TikTok Women's Six Nations way that we did and building on that energy, at the you know, we're seeing that excitement around the game and you'll be hoping to see that at Hive as well, of course. But as you've just said, it's, it's, there's a legacy element to it too. And when we look at yourself, Lana, change is something that, jumps out at me with with you in that we we had a lovely chat with um rambo with stuart McAnally recently you have a very similar trajectory you also started in the back row before switching to hooker what how was that experience for you um yeah so like when i was younger i played a bit in the back row to be honest it was a lot to do with the rules back then like i wasn't allowed to be in the front row um so then i switched to the back row played there for a bit um got my first cap there like it was an un- unbelievable experience um, and then kind of like, it's hard to say, I didn't really get lost, but like I didn't really have like a proper identity as a player. Um, and then one of the coaches at the time was like, do you know, like you would make a world-class hooker if you went for it. And I was like, a bit like, whoa, I'm not really sure about that, but like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, so then I thought, do you know what, I'm just going to throw myself into it and see what happens. So then you didn't have to do that though. So to have that bravery to to take that advice on and to go for it? Well, I thought, do you know, like, if someone can see something in me that maybe I can't see right now, then I'll just go for it and see what happens. It's kind of the mindset I had at that point. I was very young, so I was like, well, do you know what? May as well go for it. Um, so, yeah, like, the plan was to do, like, a summer of training to, like, learn how to throw properly and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's fine, great. Next thing, get a phone call saying, actually, we're going to take you to Italy next week. We're <laughs> going to put you on the bench. And I was like... All right, okay, yeah, let's go for it then. This is happening then. Yes, then just, to be honest, ever since then, just, like, luckily was, had enough, like, skill to, like, get myself through the first, like, few games and then obviously then learned how to throw properly. But then the rest of the game's kind of similar. And obviously scrums as well were a wee bit scary to begin with, but then, like, got the hang of that as well. So, yeah, it was kind of just, I sort of just went with the flow with it, if I'm honest. Like, I thought, right, this might be the path I want to go down. I'm not sure, but, like, I won't know unless I try. Um, and the coaches at that time were very much like, oh, like we'd quite like a fourth back row on the pitch. So like, you play the game like a back row. So if we can get another back row on the pitch, then that'd be great. 
Um, so that's kind of the way I see it is that I'm like a fourth back row, but like <laughs> in the front row. <laughs> I love you know? that description. And then 62 caps and 58 starts later. Well, here we are. That's that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose with that, one, one thing I say about both of you a lot whenever I'm watching you play, I'll use the phrase, Chloe Rowley doing what Chloe Rowley does. Use it regularly on the podcast. Likewise, Lana Skeldon doing what Lana Skeldon does. You know, when you're scoring a try from your own lineouts, it's, it's like a thing of beauty to watch. I'd love to know what number we're on now in terms of you, you doing that. It's, a, it's just it's just like such a great training ground move that you convert every time. Yeah, no, I know. I do enjoy it, to be honest. Like, we talk about Tyrone being passionate, but I think I get a wee bit too excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, right, okay, like, we get a line out five metres, I'm like, right, okay, we're scoring. Like, in my head, I'm like, we are scoring here, guys. No, it, you're scoring. Yeah. We are scoring. <laughs> we are scoring, but I'm going to touch over the line, so technically I'm scoring, but we are scoring. Um, but yeah, no, I get a bit excited. Like, my celebration sometimes a wee bit too much, but like, I can't help it. Like, it's exciting. It's so, yeah, it's so enjoyable. And speaking about exciting um we'll tap into uh, your male counterparts in a moment but you were both in new zealand for the rugby world cup what was that experience like for you i've never experienced anything like it if i'm yeah. honest like it was very different like obviously in a good way um but yeah like i've never been to a world cup like waited like 11 years to get there so it was really special for me like if i'm honest like i've I was overwhelmed by the experience to begin with and since coming back I've reflected on it and yeah like the results obviously were very close didn't quite go our way but at the same time learned a lot about ourselves as a team and as individuals which for me like is really exciting and um, I have so many good memories like we we've got a few memories from like the off days as well like that are just so funny <laughs> but like we'll just never forget them do you know what I mean and it's are just, they allowed on the podcast yeah they are <laughs> yeah it's just my um very bad golf swing when that <laughs> So there was, we walked up to this, one of the holes and I was like, oh, look at that, like a big fence, like you're never going to hit over that. It's on the left, like it's not even in the way, like walk up, take my swing, hit the ball, straight over the fence, onto the motorway, like bouncing behind this car. I I couldn't watch. She couldn't watch. watch. So I was watching it like as the ball was like following this car down the motorway and I was like. As soon as I hit it, I just turned around and I just like, I I can't watch, I can't watch, I can't watch. Brian was there. (laughs) Them two were just. We were just laughing. Like I was like, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like cry laughing for a good like two minutes after the finish <laughs> and eventually I like, bounced off the road and I was like it's okay don't worry but I couldn't stop laughing and like that is one of my favourite memories from the trip because it was so funny it's so vivid as well I'm just it, it's just <laughs> like I can't look she was like it was the worst thing was as I walked up to it and I was like who's going to hit it over that like there's something seriously wrong if you're going to hit it over there it's on the left it's not even in the way da, da, da. boom hit it straight over because you were hitting all your short shots right as well yeah. up until that one like she was going right a little bit and I was like oh she'll be absolutely fine hits it and I was like oh that's gone over the fence oh, oh that's falling that car down the motorway oh no and this I was like could have played out so differently yeah very differently you could have ended up fine. on the news uh, in New Zealand yeah. for very different reasons yeah I was altogether. starting to worry about the golf's insurance and all that kind of yeah. stuff I was like oh they must have some sort of insurance to cover this kind of stuff have like, you played since I mean has it put you off or uh, do you still like no, a wee hit so obviously I broke my arm yeah. a couple of days later so I've not really played since I've kind of it's a bit mobility issues but like yeah like I've not had the chance to play a game no we, we're definitely going again like yeah. it's fine but yeah. <laughs> it was just really funny so like memories <laughs> like that like I think will just stick for like a lifetime yeah. honest like yeah obviously there's memories on the pitch as well like like I say the result didn't quite go our way but like memories on the pitch mm-hmm. that I'll never forget as well like in, in a good way um but that was honestly one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen it was your face and I looked at Brian and he was like laughing and I was like I don't know whether to be serious or laugh but I'm just gonna laugh anyway because I, I was the one watching it going down the motorway I was like okay <laughs> it was all happening in yeah. slow motion 
And I suppose, you know, a first Rugby World Cup for you both and for, for all of the Scotland team of this current crop, but looking at the men as well, a, a first Rugby World Cup for a lot, a lot of the lads that have just had their first game too. And what advice, if you didn't get a chance to speak to them beforehand, what advice or what would you have said to them if you could have given them any message before this, this Rugby World Cup based on your own experiences? I think one of the messages we got told before the, our World Cup that really stuck with me was just enjoy every moment, like win, lose, draw, whatever it is, on and off the pitch, like just enjoy everything, like document it, like make a note of it, what you're doing, like you know what you've done on that day, your day off, and just really make the most of it, like you're there, you know, it could be you could be once, you know, out of your career. Just really make the most of it, and yeah, like again, like you win, amazing, celebrate it. You lose, like unlucky, but you still like you get up and you move on, and hopefully, like they can take that after that South Africa game and, and move on from there. Well, let's tap into that then briefly. What were your thoughts on on that that game? Oh, it was tough. It was really tough. South Africa are amazing in defence. They've really changed their game. Like the, the the pressure they were putting on Scotland under, we just weren't getting the chance to play the game that we wanted to play, which was unfortunate. But I think even though that happened, they dealt with it really well. They didn't manage to get around them. They didn't manage to score tries. You know, many line breaks either. But they really weathered the storm for the 80 minutes, like really well, I would say. And even their defensive performance as well, like. You know how many times have we seen maybe a weak shoulder, a line break, um, and that was totally different this time around. So like, you can see that how much hard work they've put in really paid off in that first game, and and yeah, like it was it was tough to watch, but again, like they should be really proud of how they done. And you're going to toe to toe with the current world champions oh, yeah. as yeah. well. And mm-hmm. uh, when you think about it as a as a forward, how how do you watch those games when you're <laughs> thinking, you know, uh, it's, it's an incredibly physical encounter and all, all parts of the, the, the pack were put through their paces too. Yeah, hundred percent. Like like you say the South Africans are are big humans and very <laughs> physical. Like um so for me like like Chloe said they fronted up like majorly against like like you say the best team in the world or one of the best teams in the world um, and I think they did match them physically for the majority of the game and like you were saying defensively like it's a hard shift against them and like for me they, they can take a lot of positives from that game and move them into this next game but then like we were saying like we want to see them at- attack with flair like mm-hmm. we want to mm-hmm. break down teams and, and go and score tries like you've got one of the most exciting back threes, one of the most exciting fly halves in, in the game. Like we want to see them play. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm just so excited to watch them again and see see how they get on. But like, yeah, like I think they can take a lot from that game. Even though obviously got to lose the first game, but like physically, like definitely fronted up one of the best I've seen them ever to be honest and yeah like just excited to see them what they can do next that's what makes being a scotland fan for the men's team or the women's team so exciting at the moment if we look at the way that you rounded off the tiktok women's six nations i'm really excited about the next game and it's a great time to be a fan i can tell you now <laughs> can't speak for you as a player but speaking of south africa october you'll be heading out so park spain for a second at hive stadium but we'll come back to that in a minute but you know straight on to wxv it's a brand new competition. It's a really exciting competition. You head out, uh, first match is on the 14th of October against the hosts, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Following week, seven days later, you're up against USA. Seven days later again, another seven day turnaround and you round things off against Japan. Yep. Potentially yep. round things off. So what are your thoughts on this competition then? It's new. There's plenty of information out there for us on TikTok, on Scottish Rugby's website to ex- explain the competition. But as players, what are your thoughts on it? Um, I think it's really exciting. I think it's 
it should have happened a long time ago. I think the ability to now have a lot of different countries playing against each other and not just in a World Cup. And I think it's massive for the women's game, you know, the ability to grow it as a whole and not just as a couple of teams here and there playing each other is it, huge and it's it's what the game needs. And I think for me, it's it's really, it's just exciting. I'm just so excited to get into it and, and watch not only us play, but other teams play and like even in the tier one and tier three, see how that goes. And yeah, I think for me, it's it's just, it's huge. It's it's what the women's game needs and, you know, to really push it on. And there will be a time where we can finally stop talking about this as being an issue. And I'm sure you're in agreement with me. I look forward to the day where we don't really have to bring it up and, and talk about the women's game, I guess, in that sense. But when we look at momentum and the importance of then having a tournament, as you've just alluded to there, Chloe, like having a tournament in between Rugby World Cups just to really build on that momentum. When you look at the way that the one finished off, we've got record crowds in the Rugby World Cup the TikTok Women's Six Nations and surely going into WXV as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think, like you said, momentum is like a big thing and, and, and almost utilising that as well. Like, the game is never going to grow unless you just get on the back of it and keep going with it. Um, and for me, like, I just see it as an opportunity, like you said, to to get more fans involved, really, and get more people playing as well. Like, if, if you think of it, like, it's a world competition. It's across the world. And that means that it's not just the Six Nations teams that are getting exposed to these games. It's all the teams. And like I say, like, some of these teams we never get a chance to play against or play against them once every, like, five years. Like, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm really excited we're playing, like, three teams that we don't really play ever, really. Like, I know we played USA last year, but, like, not often will we play them. So, like, it's exciting for us to, to test ourselves as individuals, but also to show the fans, like, different games. Mm-hmm. This is it. It's a showcase, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, one of my favourite rugby memories. Actually, is involves that game, a USA game, and it sums up rugby in a nutshell. And I was sitting at that game. I had my son there. You know, where what we're doing, Mum. We're going to go and watch Scotland play. Brilliant, fab. You know, away we go. Happy as Larry. And the next thing, we had the loveliest interaction with this woman who used to play for USA, and she wasn't there. She was just there on her holidays, and she wanted to come over to the now Hive Stadium and we had a great time and really nice chat. The next thing we're catching up with the players afterwards and we're, you know, I was a proper fangirl, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love I'm it. so excited. And we're getting, you know, that, that lovely corridor that connects, we talk about connections again, that connects Hive Stadium to the, the changing rooms and you guys are going down that makeshift tunnel and you're speaking, you're connecting to the fans. It's such an important part of the game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really like it actually. Like it's it's nice to be able to actually interact with people because sometimes the, if the pitch is too far away from the stand, like you, you can't really get to them, if that makes sense. So it's, I think it's a great opportunity for us to, like you say, connect with the fans, but also just like it's just really nice. Like it gives it's you a really warm you look, feeling. Like me personally, I look forward to it now as well. Like I love to be able to just speak to the even like adults as well, kids, adults, like yeah. people who are just so interested in what you're doing and how the team's getting on and, you know, wanting your signature and wanting a picture. And we know as well that, you know, five, six years ago, this was never a thing. You had maybe the odd, maybe five kids, a handful of kids that would stand at the end of the game and you would see them for a couple of minutes and you'd be in. But now it's it's taken us a good 45 <laughs> minutes. I'm going to have to get back into the change. <laughs> no, genuinely. Like, but it's totally was, worth it. it. Like Brian Easton was saying at one point, he actually had to get, get his back mm-hmm. in. I think mm-hmm. it was you he was talking yeah. about as well. Somebody so said, get the back. You had no clothes left by the end of it. Know, yeah. Given everything People away. asking for my shirt and that. Yeah, my socks and stuff like that. And But it's massive like because it feels like you're giving back, if that makes sense. Yeah. In, in, in a confusing way, it's almost like they took their time to come and watch us, support us, 
come rain, sun, wind, snow. whatever snow, Whoever's like they've on. came to watch, <laughs> and they've you know adults are bringing their kids along to see what they can be, and I think get us giving back in a, in any way that we can is is huge. Like a, it again will make them want to come again. They, they've had a good experience, you know. They, they've they've enjoyed themselves. They've enjoyed the rugby. They've enjoyed the interactions after and to give that opportunity again and again is, is massive. I think it's been replicated as well at Scottish Gas Merrifield when I saw Sione Tupilotu uh, taking off his, sh- his shorts. Thankfully, he had stuff <laughs> underneath. Uh, taking off his shorts, giving those to a fan. And do, uh, do and Van der Mer, he, he had uh, his socks off, kept the boots, which was probably wise. He might <laughs> might be needing them. Um, I guess the last thing about you two that really sticks out is the relationship that you've got, the dynamic. You're obviously, you've, no- you've known each other for a long time. You've clearly got a really great rapport together and I'm sensing there's probably quite a lot more than the golf story. A lot of mischief that yep. you get up to as mm-hmm. well. And having that having that sisterhood, I guess, is, mm-hmm. it must be really lovely. Um, but what's what's the situation with the healing coup? Was there not something to do with oh. healing coup? <laughs> <laughs> so me being me, we had a day off and I was almost like, right, let's make the most of our days off. Like, you know, we do get them, but like we're very rarely in Edinburgh together. And it was almost like, we love animals. Don't know why, we just love animals. So... <laughs> Yeah. We either, in Auckland, for example, we went to the zoo on our day off, you know, stuff like that. We'll go to zoos, we just want to see animals. Just anything, really. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of got up on the on the Thursday and I was like, let's day off. Um, just check on my phone what we can do. Had a little look, couldn't make our mind up. And then I was like, oh, surely there'll be some Highland cows somewhere. Like, you know, I've never met a Highland <laughs> uh, you've cow. You've wanted to see one for a long yeah, time. Yeah, you've never. never s- no. I've seen one in a field. I've drove past one. There's one down in the borders that I used to drive past. <laughs> but never, they're not friendly enough to go up and, like, they won't come up to you. So I was like, well, how am I ever going to be able to feel a Highland cow? Like, <laughs> this is not fair. This so is I was not like, where I saw this going. <laughs> <laughs> so I just Googled Highland cows in, in Edinburgh and then a couple of, like, suggestions came up and I seen one um, just outside Edinburgh. Uh, near this near the ski slope and um I just give them a message and just says, Oh just wondering when your Highland cows Thelma and Louise are still in the field, like, you know <laughs> we just want to come and see them and the the person replied saying until the end of October and I was like just like passing comment, Oh cool, like come and meet and greet like, you know, it just meant I'd come up to the field and see them. She just she replied saying, um, Oh yeah, like come up at this time and uh, I'll you know, take take you into the field and I was like, Oh cool Little did we know, we got up there, there was a, there was two brushes, there was a, a bucket of food, there was, we went up and away we went in the field, like, stroking these cows, like. Just keep in mind, I am slightly terrified yeah. of being in oh, a field Oh, I didn't care like, about that, though. I was having the time of my life. Extremes. But, like, I was like, oh, she looks so happy, I'm just going to go with it. I was, like, brushing this cow, like, I was like, I'm slightly terrified, but it's fine. I got over it eventually. I was actually quite good, wasn't I? No, you were, you were. Um, but, no, you were, like. I've never seen you smile as much. No, I was in my She's element. Just smiling I was the whole in time. my element. I just they were exactly what I thought they were gonna be. Just giant, calm dogs. Like they were just They were literally like dogs to be fair. Yeah. And in <laughs> their hair was just well, it was oily and disgusting, but it was cool. <laughs> like it was nice. And the women told us so many like um stories about them. Oh, like, like fun facts. Like, fun we had, facts. Like, like, no idea about them. It was actually anything. a gr- great day, actually. It was it was really cool, but that was my dream, like that, yeah. And it was it happened on that day. <laughs> I, I have, I have. There's nothing I can add. There's literally <laughs> nothing I can add, other than for your birthday, Christmas, whatever. I think we're going to get you a picture of healing coo. Frankly, that is such <laughs> no, a lovely I would, story. I would smile and I'd be so, so happy about that. Well, I'll tell you what. I could happily chat to you two for days, and I could also see myself going out for a wee coffee with you. You've got, <laughs> you've got plenty of chat, uh, and I'm sure the fans will be feeling that way as well. Very best of wish, uh, very best wishes for a really exciting couple of weeks ahead. Uh, starting off with Spain on the 30th of September. I am 
sure Hive Stadium will be packed out with Scotland fans ready to watch the outcome of that game and we're wishing you all the very, very best for it. And then of course on to WXV as well. <laughs> rooting for you both. Great to chat to you as always. Thank you very much for joining us on the official Scottish Rugby podcast this week. We'll be back next week with more exclusive content but in the meantime you can of course keep up to date with all the latest goings on inside the Scotland camp here in Scotland and of course over in France on scottishrugby.org and Scottish Rugby's social media channels.